Hello and welcome to Day in Film episode 28. I'm your host Donnie Parry and today is... Kevin Parry. Now in today's episode we're going to be talking about the 2018 film Vice, uh, starring Christian Bale as former vice, uh, vice president of the United States, Dick Cheney. Uh, what do you think about this film? Well, I thought it was it was good. Um, certainly uh, some excellent acting. Um, it seemed quite a long film, so lots of twists and turns and uh, and bits to sort of um, keep you occupied. Um, the acting, I think, was the thing that really stood out for me. Um, and yourself, what did you think? Uh, well, I this is the second time I've watched it, and I think the first time I watched it, I kind of enjoyed it a bit more than I did this time. However, the length of it is something that I think is an issue of it more than anything, because you know, like last week we did the Green Mile, which is a three-hour film. I think it's like three hours and eight minutes or something like that, and this film comes in at like just over two hours. And yet it felt, I don't know, probably double the length. One one thing that stands out there where you mentioned uh, the Green Mile, Sam Rockwell, who played uh, George W. Bush in Vice. Of course, we uh, we spoke about his uh, part in the, the Green Mile, uh, where he played Wild Bill, and uh, and Sam Rockwell um, played George W. Bush in this film. Uh, absolutely excellent performance. I thought uh, that and Christian Bale's uh, performances, I think, really stood out in the film. Um, just as a sort of precy of the film, it uh, it takes Dick Cheney's um, life from a drunken dropout uh, through basically um, his wife, played by Amy Adams, um, basically reads him the riot act and says, you know, if he doesn't uh, clean up his act and get off the booze, um, she's going to leave him and uh, he then um, basically goes back to college um, works his way through works his way up to assistant to uh, Donald Rumsfeld played by uh, Steve Carell which is yeah, another good part yeah uh, another good performance uh, eventually becoming uh, White House chief of staff and everything is looking um, pretty good he becomes a congressman um, then CEO of an oil company, and then eventually uh, vice president to George W. Bush in the White House. So I think um, early on, so you've got the you know the kind of the right act scene. I think the fact that after that it goes into a montage about basically him going through the ranks, yeah, and then it stops at once he's basically graduated. I feel like that's a bit kind of quick like we should have had something more there yeah because we've just had the scene of clean your act you know get get your act together whatever and then it's straight into you know he's working at the white house essentially yeah and it just doesn't seem to be the right, right pacing yeah but i think so um this film is obviously autobiography it's it's a kind of biopic but not really because it's not it's not totally focused on Dick Cheney. It's like you know later on it becomes more focused on the uh, Iraq War, which obviously he was you know part of it, but he wasn't all about it. 
No, and there's a timeline which runs through it, isn't there, which I think gets a bit confused at times. Yeah. It uh, gives you the impression that some of the decisions are knee-jerk and they're, uh, they're sort of, you know, <clears throat> acted out within months of an event, when in fact, um, when, you, when you look at it historically, it's perhaps a year or two years later. Um, there's a there's a sort of um, a theme running through the whole film, which is uh, Dick Cheney and his fishing. So, yeah. uh, so at times you think, well, he's uh, he's a man who enjoys his fishing. He's a very quiet and introspective man, uh, and the fishing's all about him, perhaps uh, you know, deep in thought and uh, and all that sort of thing. And then at other times, it uh, it comes across as perhaps there's uh, there's more to it than that. There's a theme running through the film. Perhaps it's about him, uh, you know, casting his line, reeling people in, and uh, and then hooking them. Well, um, I think um, I think it's when he's talking to uh, Bush that 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 those scenes are kind of like cut in with it. Yeah, and it's you know you have the dialogue over it, and it cuts back, and it kind of you know, you can tell it's obviously him reeling him in, and then obviously gets the position of as uh, the head of the team. Which obviously allows him to get like into the position without having to do all the stuff, and it's yeah, it's all very smart. However, I think that uh, whilst the fishing scene, like the scenes, are very good in this film, there are some scenes uh, like the Shakespearean sonnet, I think it is, and the heart scenes that just kind of they feel a bit off. Yeah. So like, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a, a focus on the uh, the diseased heart that's removed yeah. from him. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that it's smart. I think I think you're right there. Um, the the acting is what stands out in it because at times yeah. I think some certain aspects of the film are a little frustrating. Um, but coming back to the acting, I mean, um, in his depiction of, uh, of Dick Cheney, um, Bale has to gain an, an enormous amount of weight well, and, uh, and transforms, actually, over the uh, the whole film. The interesting thing about that is that uh, he didn't actually have to gain the weight. It was a uh, choice of his, which is you know, obviously quite a strange thing, but as as Christian Bale has come known, like uh, the machinist, I think it was, the machinist, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, where he lost loads of weight. And, yes, uh, yeah. He's gained he's gained weight before and something else. I'm not quite sure what it was though, but essentially, you know, he's known for the body transformation. Uh, but then, this is kind of, I think he said that it's marked the end of the transformation because it just puts such a toll on his body. Yeah, and it's it's one of those where it's kind of, it's it makes sense why he would gain the weight because it's hard to I can see it's hard to play somebody fat. Yeah. If you're thin in a fat suit, like. But at the start of the film, uh, he was bulky, wasn't he? He wasn't really fat as no. a, a younger Dick Cheney. Um, he needed to gain that weight, obviously. Um, but throughout the film, then Cheney becomes fatter and balder, and Bale obviously transforms, and uh, and I think that then um, obviously offered the opportunity for the uh, makeup department where they. There's some close-up shots, aren't there, where you know they they must have performed miracles. I think because yeah. it was so well done, and he just becomes this sort of uh, flat, fat blob. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> as the film goes on, it won. They won an Oscar for the makeup and uh, hairstyling and stuff. 
Yeah. Which is very impressive because uh, some films that have won it are kind of, they, you know, they might have a character who's very, uh, like, non-human looking and they've got full makeup and it looks just out of this world. And then you've got films like this where it's just people who are made to look more like other people. Yeah. So, like, Sam Rockwell uh, had a... I think he had something in his mouth yeah. to kind of make... Yeah. To help with the uh, speech. Yeah. With... You know, because obviously he doesn't sound like George Bush because they have a whole different, like, speaking style. Yeah. But then, like, uh, Donald Rumsfeld, you know, Steve Carell, he looks different the whole film. Yeah. Like, you can tell it's him, but, like... I think it's mainly the chin and kind of yeah. cheeks. Yeah. It's clear there's something there, but it's still, it's enough to take you away from it. Yeah. See, my my other um, film that I've watched recently was Ford versus Ferrari with Christian Bale. <clears throat> and he plays there a character who's sort of lean and lithe and, uh, and slim. And, uh, you know, that was 2019 with Vice being, um, being produced in 2018. So he must have had to gain quite a bit of weight to uh, to make that well, transformation. He gained uh, for Vice. He gained forty five pounds. I'm not quite sure what he'd done before that, but uh, he lost seventy pounds to get uh, for Ford v Ferrari. And I think, if I remember rightly, it's like he lost the weight, and then they came to shooting, and he just couldn't get in the car. So they had to, he had to lose even more weight. Yeah, which is just. You know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, so how did he gain the weight um, for um, I think it was... Yeah, there's something about mainly eating pies and stuff. <laughs> and what about losing the weight, then? Because that's the thing that impressed me, really. He went from uh, from this, you know, um, chubby guy in uh, in 2018 down to a live yeah. fit sort of uh, character in 2019. Well, it's, it's an interesting thing because um, I read somewhere that he basically... He had, so like, you know, his other roles, he hadn't had a nutritionist for the uh, yeah. weight changes. But for the Dick Cheney one, because of the danger, like, you know, getting fat and stuff, he had one. So I kind of I kind of assume that they stuck around to help him lose it, as, you know, as kind of part of the deal. Because obviously, he doesn't want to be stuck as a big fat guy. When, you know, he's a Oscar-winning actor, yeah, or whatever. He can't be kind of stuck from instead of being this usually quite muscular bloke to you know being a big fat bloke. It's, it'd be quite different for his career. Yeah. So obviously, they, I imagine in the contract there was some way, you know, some kind of clause where they said you've got to help him lose it, something like that. So the film actually, um, when reviewed came out with fairly fairly mediocre sort of uh, results, really. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 66%. Um, Metacritic, uh, yeah. 61. And uh, IMDb, 7.2 out of 10. So, so so it actually did well, really, in the awards for a film which is sort well, of um, fairly mediocre, really. You know, sevens and sixes. Basing, so basically, like, connecting this to another, uh, well, Oscar nominee, and it won an Oscar, uh, Green Book, yeah. which is also kind of a biopic, but is more similar to this than other biopics, 
as they didn't have all the information. And it um, it kind of ruins the, like, uh, I don't know what the word would be, the immersiveness, when you kind of realise that they didn't have it all. Yeah. And then when you think of the, when you think about that as from a critic's perspective, I can see how that might drag it down, yeah. you know, because obviously it's a good film, but obviously you want to be able to have the facts that are kind of real. Yeah. So uh, when it comes to the, when it comes to the low score and winning an Oscar, I think had it won Best Picture, which it was nominated for, then it would be a whole different story. Yeah. But because it won makeup, um, another film that was quite panned was Suicide Squad in twenty sixteen. I don't think it was a, a mistake though. The the winning the Oscar for the makeup. No, no, no. Too. But what I'm saying is, um, so basically, Suicide Squad in twenty sixteen had a character of uh, Killer Croc. Yeah. Who was all you know massive, this like seven foot guy, I think it is, and he's in full makeup. It looks like CGI or something. And it's incredible to look at it, and they won the Oscar for it. But the film, you know, is generally hated. Yeah. So it's, I think, it's representative of kind of awards don't go to the highest rated films all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, what were the bits in this film that frustrated you slightly? Well, there were bits that uh, that I have to say frustrated me, and I thought there were probably some scenes which could have been cut. Yeah. Uh, it was a little, little bit over two hours. It's a shade over two hours, so they probably could have cut some some scenes out, but maybe they wanted it to be two hours to uh, to sort of uh, you know that it had that um, feeling of yeah. importance, and um, maybe they well, left it at that. The in, the interesting <laughs> thing about this film is that uh, it's done by Adam McKay, which is well, he's the guy who did kind of uh, Step Brothers and uh, Talladega Nights, you know, the kind of Will Ferrell films. Yeah, yeah. So comedy sort of, um, and yeah. The bits that um, frustrated me a little bit was there were, there were a few monologues, which I thought went on a little bit, um, which could have been cut. I'm, I'm, uh, I get tired of monologues. They seem to be a yeah. central feature in American films. Um, there were a number of flashbacks. So there was one yeah. particular flashback, which I thought went on way too long. Where he actually gets uh, when he's installed as the uh, vice president, and he's in the White House. Yeah, yeah as a yeah, flashback yeah. to uh, to a scene where he was given a small office in the White House uh, early in his career, and uh, and he flashes back to uh, how he contacts his wife, and she was struggling with the cooking, and the kids were playing, and you know, and, and it just went on and on. And there are also some fantasy scenes which I thought were unnecessary. I don't know if they were included, perhaps. Which, to, were the, uh, which, fant light, which fantasy scenes do you think? Well, some of the fishing scenes when, you know, they, yeah. they were a little bit um, too much well, as well. I think the biggest, so the fishing scenes, um, at points they worked, at other points they kind of didn't feel necessary. Um, that, yeah, the, so the one thing that I think could have been done better was, I think it was Kurt. The uh, guy whose heart Dick Cheney obviously got when he died. Yeah. So, so there's a narrative throughout the film, um, which is uh, presented by someone. Uh, we're not too sure if he's a soldier 
He says uh, early on that um, you know his his part in it all would become clear later, um, and it does. So he's uh, he's making his way along the street, and the, the four wheel drive runs him over. Well, like um, he's killed. I think that whole that whole thing because um, he's in. There's a scene. I think I can't remember what it is, but it's earlier on, and there's images of real people supposedly, and he pops up in one of them. Yeah. And then obviously when they're in Iraq, uh, there's soldiers and he's one of them. It's like, it doesn't make any, it doesn't make any kind of connection. No. So like, I don't, I'm not looking at it thinking this makes sense. It's more like, is this meant to matter? Because I don't know if this guy's real. You know, Dick Cheney's real. Yeah. Donald Rumsfeld's real. All the other characters, people are real that, you know, you know. But it's like, is this Kurt guy just, well, he got a heart, so should we make up a story? He mentioned that uh, Dick Cheney never actually um, thanked or, or, or made any recognition of the fact that he'd uh, had a donor heart. All he referred to it as is his new heart. Do you well, remember that, that, um, yeah. that in the film? And, um, and that, in fact, that that's something which... Um, is interesting also um, because I think a lack of um, morality comes across and a lack of ethics certainly in some of the decisions. So when uh, when George uh, Dick Cheney was at the, uh, the height of his powers, he was actually um, taking decisions which should have been made by the president. Yeah. Um, and and in some bits of it, you you you're sort of almost it's jaw dropping the lack of ethics and morality. That, uh, that are shown in some of the decisions that are taken. So there are people around in some of the scenes, you know, sort of gasping and, uh, and you know, almost um, in disbelief that uh, decisions are being made that are going to affect hundreds of thousands of lives. And um, and you wonder if some of the uh, some of the decisions made when he's uh, when he's at the height of his powers um, as the vice president are to the benefit of humankind at all. Well, I think um, throughout this movie, you know, majority of the characters, you're meant to, you, you see them, they are not nice people, you know, and it's, if anything, it's a kind of look into American politics and saying, like, there are these seedy people who are getting into the White House and stuff, and they're in charge of all this, and essentially you're letting them, which, yeah. you know, when this came out, 2018, the height of Trump's America, and I can't, I, I can't help but see this as kind of like a thing of, this is, you know, if we don't basically get a handle on this, it's just going to keep happening. It almost comes across as, um, like the, the American citizens have got what they deserve because yeah. the, uh, it raises many questions about the, um, you know, about, about power and uh, and how power is. Um, is dealt with in America, particularly in light of, of recent and um, and present, you know, the debacle really with uh, with Trump's administration. Yeah. So it sort of uh, it highlights some of the frailties, and it it also shows how um, the whole thing was already sliding back then. You know, decisions were being made which were quite frankly unlawful, I would say, and um, and they were being made and pushed through without. Uh, 
with any any opposition really. Yeah. So I think um, one of the weirdest, one of the strangest things I found in this film is kind of um, so you've got the actor Eddie Marsan, who is base. I don't even know if he has a line in the film. I think he does at one point, but you know he's in the Gentleman. He's in a few other things. And yet, in this, he does absolutely nothing. Mm. And it's a role that could have been played by absolutely anyone. So it kind of it makes me think: Why would you get an actor you have to remind who has which, a name? Which character he played? Well, that's the thing. I don't even know who he played. He's just kind of in the scenes a few times. Yeah. You know, what, the, what what scenes was he in? Do you remember? Well, I think he was in the bit when they're kind of talking about who was going to be and where. You know, like the. Uh, these people are in the White House. These people are here, and this and that. So, so, but it's... if I explain that, um, Dick Cheney became chief of staff, and uh, and no, no, this is this is when he's vice president. Oh right, right. so he's because he's basically putting their people in the in the place of power, and then obviously he has the multiple offices. But you know, Eddie Marsan is absolutely essentially pointless. Like they could have got nothing actors to do these roles, which honestly I think would have worked better, because then you're not looking at it and saying, "That's that guy who was yeah. in other things." Yeah. So like, Steve Carell is uh, Donald Rumsfeld. It makes sense. Yeah. He's a good actor, and he plays the role. He plays the role. You know, Crushing Bale, Amy Adams. It's just the issue of kind of some of the lesser characters. I don't know why they got cast yeah. in bigger roles. So it yeah. could have been an up-and-coming uh, actor, as, yeah. uh, and it wouldn't have really harmed that scene, would it? So I think um, one of the issues I had with this film is it has some. It just does weird things, and some of the some of the things it does seem quite lazy. So, like, I think it's about forty minutes in. There's the fake credit scene. Well, that was where, um, yeah, they 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 lost the uh, presidency, and they said so Jimmy Carter got it. Yeah, but and uh, and it sort of rounded the film up, and you you were sort of you were thinking, well, that can't be it. One of <laughs> that, yeah, that's the thing. That and scene, the credit started rolling, and then they said stop, you know. Yeah, and then it sort of uh, it it all changed, didn't it? Really? But it, that that entire thing. Just when I when I watched it the first time and this time, it just kind of pissed me off because because it just pulls you out of it completely. Like you're watching this film, and suddenly it just goes, and that's the end. But then it goes, oh wait, but it isn't. And to me, that seems like quite lazy writing, as if they they had to get from point A to point B, but they just didn't know how to, so they just went, well, we'll just yeah. do this. It was an unusual sort of segue, wasn't it? Yeah. Really? But it doesn't add anything to the story. So, um, but, well, initially we were going to do Logan Lucky as the film. However, after watching that, kind of, it just didn't meet the expectations. And I think for me, one of the things about that film was that it, the script seemed to be a bit meh. But it was the kind of, the layout of it just felt completely off. So things happened in or in different orders, and it just it kind of threw you off, and like you didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So like you know, it's all about heist, and then you have the FBI, and then it's just how they did it, and it's just it's so out of order and so kind of weird that it just 
completely lost the immersion. And this film, I think, did that a few times. Yeah. So, like, the credit scene, the sonnet scene, the heart scenes, uh, the Kurt scenes did it as well. Yeah. It just, it's, it's too... Uh, it's too kind of jagged, I guess. Yeah. You don't... You're not... It's not a smooth ride because of those little bumps that just keep hammering in. And, you know, this film is Christian Bale's film, really. Yeah. And... I would have, I, you know, I would have happily had scenes without him in, if it focused on the other characters. You also wondered; it raised questions about. Uh, so Cheney, did he actually engineer all those sort of um, opportunities for himself, or did, or did he just um, take the, you know, the position and the the opportunity as it came? You were, uh, you wondered because if he engineered all of that, he must have been an incredible. Um, you know, um, Machiavellian character. I've just, oh, that's just, or, or, just, did, or did just you know did he uh, did he respond to uh, opportunities as they arose? I just remembered the one scene that really just you know it's just pointless. Um, when they're kind of going like he can put forward a stupid idea and it'll work, like they'll they'll do it, and then they start talking about like going out and jerking off on the lawn, and it's just. It is the most unfunny part because it felt it feels like they were going somewhere with it, and then they don't. Yeah, and I think so. Obviously, coming from you know the director and writer Adam McKay, you know producers, you've got Brad Pitt and you've got Will Ferrell in there. There's like there's a comedy background mixed with a non-comedy background, a drama background, and I think. The fact, because this film is technically a comedy, because it won, uh, I, th- I can't remember what award it was, but Christian Bale won an award for acting in a comedy, which honestly I don't think this is very funny. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it's just American humour in this, but I just can't see much of the humour in it. No, it's if anything, it's quite it's quite depressing. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of it too. It feels like quite a heavy weight sort of film, doesn't it? It's uh, it's not an easy watch, really. There's a lot in it. Um, what's but, interesting as well, though, my comment about did he did Cheney engineer the situations or did he just respond to opportunities as they arose? Um, he received the uh, the telephone call from George W. Bush that uh, that he wanted him on board as his vice president. Yeah. And uh, and Amy Adams' character Lynn Lynn Cheney said, uh, "You don't want to go. You don't want to go in as uh, vice president because basically the vice president job. just waits for the president to die." And I think at that point, um, Cheney had started sort of um, thinking about this and how he could uh, re-engineer the role. And uh, it came from his first meeting with uh, George W. Bush, saying to his wife that he's very green. And I think he felt that he was malleable and um, and you know could be molded into uh, what he wanted, and uh, and saw well, the opportunity I to think, um, um, to get more control himself. I think this film, the whole the whole thing of Dick Cheney becoming the head of the well the only member of the search team, it's one of those things like, you know, he's going to become the head of the search team, and lo and behold, he's the perfect candidate at the end of the day. Yeah. 
which is obviously the whole plan. And it just it just feels like it it's good, but then it's also like you know, is it how real was that? How accurate was it? Because it fe it feels a bit too kind of out out there, I guess. Um, that's one of the questions it raises, isn't it, really? Because in one of the scenes, they were warned of the threats that uh, you know that uh, being heavy-handed in Iraq um, and, uh, and you know the Middle East, um, they were warned of that, and um, and the the executive authority then um, started changing laws basically to facilitate uh, what they wanted to do. And it was all around this sort of premise of unitary executive theory, yeah. which is something that he'd uh, he'd looked into early in his career, which is basically, um, you know, whatever the president decides to do is lawful, and they find a way of sort of, um, you know, um, justifying it, really. So all sorts of things were being um, brought in and laws were being changed. And, you know, there were, there were sort of um, technicalities, for example, Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. So, uh, so the fact that it wasn't actually on American soil and, uh, and you know, it was very much their interpretation of laws that had been set down, um, which gave him more and more power. Well, it was um, a weird thing in this was focus groups that show throughout the film. And even in the mid credit scene, there's a focus group. Yeah. And it it feels like... I don't know, it just feels like they uh, they had the death tax thing and the climate change thing. Yeah. And I don't, you know, it doesn't really come, it's not very really clear why that's in there. Because it's like, they want to tax, I know they want to tax the, uh, you know, they want to lower the tax on millionaires and stuff. But then it just, it doesn't make any sense for why it's there. And it was one of those sort of comedy-ish scenes as well, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, which was a bit tiresome. Yeah. Again, um, laws that were changed. That uh, I think the uh, the point of that was that they were actually um, they had a responsibility to uh, to act on those uh, issues, but in fact, what uh, what they did was completely turn it around, didn't they? Well, I think what's interesting is that uh, obviously they supposedly come up with the uh, term of you know climate change, and then you see you know you see the administration taking down the solar panels yeah, when they get in right. and it's like you know america is you know very well known as the kind of essentially the black sheep of the world now where they just don't seem to care about climate change well no and it's it was, you know there are shots in this and there are shots in most, yeah. most american films aren't there where they're driving their big sort of five six seven liter cars and um yeah they don't seem to be particularly committed to it as we do in Europe. No, I think that's... <clears throat> it's one of the weird things they do, you know, like showing that off. It would have been interesting had they added a line in the end saying, like, maybe did they get added back in? Yeah, yeah. Because they are, that's open-ended. Like, I feel like, you know, um, a lot of biopics do it where they have the text at the end, and this does it. You know, it's like, and this happened, and this happened, and Dick Cheney died, or something like that. Mm. Which obviously, you know, he's still alive, but it's a common thing. But for this film, it could have been pages and pages and pages long, yeah. because it just deals with, I think, too much. 
other did, than it him. did mention that six hundred thousand Iraqis died. Yeah, and uh, it mentioned the uh, the toll that is taken on um, the veterans who were, who were out there in, um, well, in the conflict. The uh, suicide rate Those went up by you know, a massive yeah. amount. It was just yeah. it's ridiculous how much this guy supposedly impacted. But then some of the stuff that happens, it kind of feels like he's only a part of it, not really the like main issue there. Yeah, there's a theme running through, isn't there, that uh, that he's the quiet man, that yeah. people, you know, he's almost stealth, that uh, people wouldn't realise that he had the power that he wielded because of the way he went about it, really. And you just mentioned towards the end of the film, there was that strange scene, wasn't there, where where they had sort of um, almost little vignettes of, uh, of sort of crises that there'd been in America and... Uh, you know, the, uh, the subprime um, mortgage sort of situation, houses being boarded up. There was, you know, yeah. it, it was that sort of, uh, it was a patched scene, wasn't it, towards the end, which again was one of those things that ran on a bit too long. That's, that's the other thing I was trying to um, When they're in the different decades, there's some of the little scenes and they can flash between real events and TV and pop culture and stuff. Yeah. It's like Mr. T shows up in one of them. It's just like, why is that there? <laughs> yeah. Because I, I get that I get that it's setting the year or the decade, but honestly, I think this film would have been a lot better had they just gone, this is 1987 or something like that. Because yeah. uh, you said before we started about his daughter, well, daughter's the one, you know, running for Santa or whatever and going against the gay marriage thing. And obviously that seems in the film to be like, you know, 2005, something like that, 2006, yeah. whatever, because you have 9-11, the Iraq thing, yeah. and then it's pretty much straight into that. Yeah. But that happened like 2012, something like that. Yeah. And it's... So his daughter is coming from school one day, he's one of his daughters, he's got two daughters, yeah. uh, and is involved in a car accident. She's obviously distracted, and um, and she crashes anyway. And uh, and they're very, um, they're very happy that she um, survived it. But basically, uh, she then explains that uh, it's because her girlfriend had broken up with her and she comes out then as gay. So they've got a little bit of a family crisis as how they're going to uh, manage this because it'll look bad in the press. Um, and actually, in that bit, I think it's about the only bit of morality that's shown yeah. by, by well, uh, Dick Cheney's character himself. I think it's uh, one of, an interesting thing about that is Lynn Cheney, his wife, she kind of seems to be going against it. Which kind of seems like, is she the one who's been pushing him? Because that does come across throughout the film. Like, Because yeah. obviously she says at the start, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that, but yeah. you can. Yeah. So like, she needs him. So it's kind of like, is she whispering these things in his ear to get him to do them? Just setting the bullets for him to fire or something. Yeah. Anyway, that bit of morality shown by him later then, um, well, they dump the daughter, don't they? They dump her in it. The uh, the gay yeah. daughter is sort of uh, left wanting later on, but I won't spoil that for people who haven't seen the film. Um, quite a lot to uh, to take in, really, with this film. Yeah. And, uh, and it meanders along, and there's, uh, there's certain scenes where it, uh, it gives the impression that it's imparting... 
uh, facts and events as they happened. And then these comedy bits sort of almost knock you off course and set doubt in your mind. Well, that's the issue, I think, because comedy, you know, real films uh, or biopics, you know, can have comedy. But this just doesn't do it well, I don't think. No. Because you're taking, you're taking very serious events and I feel like a comedic spin was something that was like the wrong idea. Well, you know what you're getting when you when you uh, sit down to watch Anchorman. Well, yeah, but uh, but you know, with this, it's confusing. I think perhaps, and maybe that's what what brought those uh, those review figures down. If it had well, been if it had been sort of straighter and uh, and you know more to the point without those uh, those things, certainly the. Um, well, so, certainly for me, the uh, the flashbacks and uh, and the monologuing and uh, you know some of those things. It uh, when when he'd had open heart surgery, um, it sort of focused on his diseased heart, and it just went on too long, didn't it? And little bits like that, yeah. you know, which could have been trimmed down. So, and as you say, casting um, credible actors in parts where really they're just shown in you know as, as bit parts in certain yeah. scenes aren't they so the um this this film is produced by plan b which is brad pitt's uh, yeah. company yeah. and this is i think the second film his company's done with adam mckay because the other one was the big short uh, in 2015 yeah which featured christian bale and steve carell so obviously you know Two, like the two main actors really in this film uh and it you know it got it got i think it was like 80 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah so i don't think it's so much that he can't do this these kind of films it's just that maybe this one had a bit more of a weird style to it well he had the team in place didn't he because he'd already he'd already sort of uh, you know um, established that yeah in the in the previous film and uh and the actors certainly not at fault and uh, as we said the makeup and everything and um you know even the uh the, the filming photography in it um i thought was was good it was just parts of the direction and parts of the script really i think yeah i think that's mainly the issue of this film but it's not an enjoyable watch that's the one thing but um you know it, it it's good for what it is but i don't think that it's a very, I don't think it's a very rewatchable film. No, I don't. I don't think I'd. Uh, I'd want to give it a second. No, <laughs> really. So, no. I, like you know, watching this the second time, I was, I was bored through parts of it because I knew what was coming, and it was just. There's no real mystery to it. There's no real uh, gravitas coming off of this. Yeah, it is very cut and dry, and it's just you know, Dick Cheney does stuff and that's it. And I feel like had it, had it, had it focused on a portion of his life, it might've worked better. Yeah. So yeah, it was a sort of sprawling and drawn out sort of thing, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. The, I mean, the, the one thing that came across in it without any doubt whatsoever was uh, what a puppet George W. Bush was. Oh yeah. And, uh, and you know, that was certainly, um, Something I think perhaps uh, you know we we'd forgotten a little bit about the um, the events that took place back then. Um, 
but lots of issues raised really weren't they about um you know gay marriage and um and lots of i think morale moral and uh, and ethical sort of um questions that were raised by well I, I think it's ridiculous how um you've got the whole thing of you know his daughters fall out because the whole thing of you you know you've got to go and george bush says it you know like we have to we have to go against gay marriage in the south which is a ridiculous thing yeah like you shouldn't you know, you shouldn't have two different policies for two different places in the same country no. You know, so like, you know, England and Wales are two different countries, you know. But if England had gay marriage and Wales didn't, they'd be very different, yeah. you know. Yeah. And to have America where it's just its states, which really are closer to counties in the UK, and then, you know, one state can have gay marriage and the other one can't, it's just, it's ridiculous in this yeah, day and age yeah 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 in one scene he says um that he's uh that, that one of the decisions needs to be taken to the dark side do you remember that and um and that's sort of revealing really isn't it that he's uh, that in his character cheney had that sort of propensity to uh to push these sort of legal matters to the very edge and uh, and explore you know the uh, the darker side of things and how they could be interpreted to, to meet the ends yeah. that they required. Well, it, it, this film features a lot of scummy individuals and it doesn't make you like any of them, really. No. You're not meant to, I don't think. And it's... I think one of the one of the issues this film does is... Uh, I can't remember his daughter's name, but the, the one who isn't gay... Uh, yeah, I can't remember. She is... She's barely there. And... I just think that they should have had her a bit more in it so that when she does the, when they have the decision to, you know, have her go against gay marriage, then it's like a bit more impactful because yeah. Yeah. we only focus on, uh, I think it's Mary Cheney. I think the lesbian one is, and it just doesn't really kind of matter to you as a viewer. Liz was the one, um, Liz. Liz Cheney was one of the daughters, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. But you know, it's it's ridiculous. I think. So, uh, what what would you give this film then? I think about five and a half out of ten. I would say. What would you say? Well, I'm going to have to say. I, I was going to say four, but I think the acting itself gets at the gets it a five. Because the acting is, you know, that's why you're here for that for this film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, certainly um, a success for um, Christian Bale and uh, and the other actors in 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 the primary roles, really. Yeah, yeah. But five and a half, I'd feel comfortable with. Yeah. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, see you next week for episode twenty nine. Uh, I think we're going to be looking at La La Land. So uh, go watch your other stuff and see you then. <laughs>